See, the thing I don't really understand is that if you are, okay, you're a married couple, you have a couple kids, the daughter's name is probably something like Willow, the son is Max, you go to the beach, it's Willow's birthday, there are 17, 11-year-old girls, and you, for some reason, choose to use a shovel to dig a giant hole out of the sand so you can put a box in the middle with a blanket and so the girls can sit around it with their legs down and pose for a picture? I wrote a lot of notes when I was depressed. <laughs> On my phone, and I'm reading them now. (laughs) You are ignoring my complete existential question about how middle-aged, white, uh, suburban, suburban, suburb, just read your notes. Queen Latifah lost weight, she's lean (laughs) Latifah. Welcome Lean, to Best Texas. Lean Quatifa. Lean Quatifa. I can't. That's the podcast. Please subscribe to us Thanks and follow us on to this social episode. media. Oh my god! Have a Lean good day. <laughs> um. Anyways, hi, welcome. This is Colton Rooney, and this is Gabe Thibodeau. We're recording quite late at night sequestered <laughs> on the side of the house as Colton's parents sleep. And this episode. <laughs> We have a guest speaker, Lean Quintifa. <laughs> How you doing, Lean? Please do not do her voice. No. Thank you. I have boundaries. I do know you? there's a fine line. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> this is going to be in a correction corner. It's oh. in a couple episodes, me saying, I don't do black voice. Gabe made it seem like I do Did black voice. Did you just voice. name black voice as if it's a thing like blackface? Black voice isn't a term. I think it is. (laughs) I think it's when white... I'm not going to do it. This is a trap and I know it. I have a pseudo-corrections corner that you might even be mad at me for pointing out because people might not even notice and now that I'm pointing it out, they're going to notice. But uh, episode 7 just launched and I am very upset about how the audio keeps peaking and every time we laugh, it sounds like a robot is dying. Even though it's one of my favorite new episodes, and then I the think audio that that is, is troubling. Just your feeling about it, because I listened to it, okay. and I did not think that once. I thought, like, wow, I sound really good. Oh, okay. And he sounds quite terrible. So I think all around it was a great episode. So you're saying I'm right? <laughs> no, you sounded <laughs> fine, Gabe. No, but I think this is going to be healing because we're doing a little bit of a quieter podcast, so that we respect the people who are sleeping in this house yes. and that way we won't make the mics peak unless you keep making me squeal about queen lean quatifa lean quatifa no i'll keep it all I, this this won't be a funny oh episode my God. no laughing queen latifa should come after lean cuisine and come out with a line of like diet frozen meals called lean quatifa and just populate that target frozen aisle i don't think you're allowed to do that like, I think there's, like, trademarks wants. and stuff. She can do whatever she wants. She she can use the name Lean. No, that's trademarked. I I had some... I had a period of time where I, I ate Lean Cuisines. It was a dark time. You did Weight Watchers, too, which I thought was that fun. That wasn't a dark time. That, that went well. No, because it seemed fun. Like, do it doing the points seemed fun. I mean, I wouldn't call it fun. Oh. But okay. it, was, it was successful. <laughs> I eat a fruit smoothie every day, and it's really fun. <laughs> well that's the story well eating a smoothie is more fun than but i'm sure it's tracking it's like how much a single points. slice of sandwich cheese is for your daily meal points allowance is that like 30 points oh cheese is rough yeah that's uh, lactose intolerant people agree <laughs> cheese is rough 
They just can't do it. I worked with a girl. I loved her so much. She was lactose intolerant and she just loved baking and she was always finding like different alternatives to dairy. But then ever so often she'd just say, you know what? I just had to have like have this thing. She's like, I just took my pill and then I just ate it, (laughs) but it was worth it. Took a little lactate. Took a little pill for it because it's going to come up later in the story. (laughs) Wait, Lactate's gonna come up later in the story? No, like eating dairy food. That's gonna come up later in your story? No. What, what? are you talking about? What are you talking I'm about? I'm just saying, like, as far as the story I was telling, like me talking she she shit her pants. <laughs> like that came up like it was gonna come back up. I didn't wanna have to say those words, but you forced it out of me. I really don't know how we got there or how we avoided it in the first place, but... That's what her bowels were thinking, too. Oh, dear. I hope she listens to this. Girl, I love you. I'm not going to say your name. <laughs> how are you doing, Colton? Um, I'm doing good. I spent a good portion of the day with my nephew today. Nice. That was really nice and healing. And then I played video games to recover from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. If your nephew were... A video game character at this point in his life, what would be his melee attack? Oh, um, you know, in Mortal Kombat, there's that lady who like screams people's heads (laughs) off and their heads explode. (laughs) So like him, when you're taking away the thing that will kill him and then he screech attacks you and your skin melts off of your face. (laughs) That would be his fatality. So that fatality. Um, Yeah, we, my dad and I were like watching him and it was very lovely and he's such a ray of sunshine. He's just 18 months and he's just a solid 18 month year old. (laughs) And I find myself being that person that is using the months and it always bothered me before I like knew a baby. That people would be like, oh, he's 19 months, and blah, 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 blah. He's, blah, seven months blah, blah. he's zero months, blah, he's born here. And like, but I get it now because there's like little milestones and you mm-hmm. say like they're 18 months and I know exactly what you're talking about because it's like, oh yes, my ears are bleeding too. <laughs> like that's, I, that's how I feel. The ear bleeding mile marker. But he's very healthy book. and that is like the biggest blessing and he's a wonderful human and I appreciate all the time I get to with <laughs> Um In other news, I play super violent video games and have depression, and I haven't shot up anybody. Oh, we just took a hard left. Well, I was just talking about playing video games, and I was like, oh, I play, like, M-rated violent video games, mm-hmm. and I have mental illness, but never once have I wanted to shoot anyone, so I don't think that's the problem. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've talked about that on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. I mean, I went into how Hillary thought. Yeah, your essay. Was, you wrote an essay about yeah, that. But thinking now, like, in our political climate currently, where this is now a thing again, which is funny, because mm. when I... I mean, it's not funny, of course. The the fact that it's a thing that came back up to, again to me is the word I'm choosing to say is funny. But I'm like, oh, yeah, we're blaming the video games because we can't just say they're racist fucks that are awful pieces of shit. So let's blame the video game industry. Gabe's looking at me like I'm going to have to edit this out. No. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Because I'm not racist or 
a white supremacist or whatever those things are. So I have no desire to shoot anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I think what's happening is that it's a time of the eve in which my brain is not engaging with the topic of like gun control or Death. video game yeah. violence or um, mental illness, what time illness of the day versus would systematic uh, prejudice. <laughs> and what time of the day? I'd say like, um, like 11 a.m. Like 11 a.m., 11.30, right before lunch. Because after lunch, you like get that little slump where you've had lunch and then you're kind of tired and you just like want to stop working and like... <laughs> So I think like 11.30 is a good like systematic violence I think conversation we've ruled time. out that we're never recording at 11 o'clock at night again. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I also, like part of me was like, maybe I want to have a drink before we do this. But then I feel like that would either just put me straight to sleep or turn me into a bit of a monster. Um, which the second one actually could have been fun. But we're trying to I be can a little handle quieter that. Today. I handled sobbing you two episodes oh, ago. So. That was cathartic for me. You know what wasn't cathartic for me? A catheter? It back to... What does that mean? What are the words you're saying? Cathartic? Like, to to have a catheter? No, cathar. There's an R in there. It's not c- catheteric. Cats the movie. <laughs> Catskills. Cactors. Cactuses. Oh, dear. Okay. Cathartic, freeing. Um, Gabe, I purging, know what the fuck that word is. Um, emotionally, emotional release. Um, you know, I, I do this to um, you all the time. There was this uh, thing that I did. Emotionally I think it was orgasmic. the most consistent thing we did in our relationship where I would lead you on to believe like I didn't know something and make you explain it to me and then just look at you and say, I know. It was also fun where you applied that to other aspects of our relationship and I never knew how you actually felt about anything. Okay, this has been fun. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to go call Michelle What Fogel. was I even saying that was cathartic? Uh, oh, the drink? crying. I was oh. just saying that the actual experience of recording that episode is great, but then I had to go back in and try to edit like the levels of the mics oh, because it was so rough. I'm pretty sure you took out like a good five minutes, and, too. And, oh, I took out... there was, But it was just silence. Like it there, was just, was, there were moments of silence where I was just kind of looking at you. Because I was like, I was holding it together enough to not make crying sounds, but I wasn't holding uh, it together uh, enough to be able to speak. Yeah. So it was just like long It was really silences. precious. You were so self-conscious about it. And you're like, but, do I sound ridiculous? And I'm like... Yeah, but, but it was it's very. Great. It was less cathartic editing, like the sound levels of me crying. That was a strange experience, mainly because the mic was so hot. That's it was a hot mic, not hot lunch. That doesn't hot mic. seem like a healthy thing to do. Is to like edit listen to crying. yourself crying. I can't. I get it. It triggers my fight or flight response. Hearing you cry at this point. Yeah, we've had conversations about that. So the interesting thing is that I like. <laughs> I could sense the moments in the crying where it was like, ah, and that's where you got it together. Or like, (laughs) you do like this sound where you're like, okay, it's something like that. And then you're ready. I make a horse sound. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's a cute horse. I've been making all sorts of weird sounds all day today. My throat is so tired. (laughs) What are you looking at? Is there a jump rope, jump rope in your room right now? Yeah, I jump rope and I ab wheel in the mornings. Who the fuck do you think I is? You routinely jump rope? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I started a fitness journey. I understand that. I guess... Hmm. Okay, you're right. This was judgmental of me. I just... 
I just... You're eating raw <laughs> almonds right now. I needed a protein boost before this happened. And I need to jump the rope. I ate some almonds. Their papery shells are in my teeth. I can feel them. I'm pushing past it. I look to the side of the room. There's a jump rope. I associate jumping rope with, like, Rocky training for some sort of boxing match. And I've been picturing you, like, going to the gym, like, doing jimmy things and... Now I'm picturing you as one of those guys that like, you know, those really heavy, thick ropes that are like tied to a post and you like lift it up and down. So it makes a little squiggly rope line and you can show everyone like how strong your arms are in the middle of the gym. Yeah. I wasn't picturing you at that level of gym, gymnasium. I'm offended that you haven't noticed. Gymnasio. You haven't noticed anything different about me since I started my health journey because several people have. I have complimented you. Hello. Uh, not on record. Are we fighting? I didn't record it, About so it didn't your health happen. Journey. <laughs> I just need you to take this as serious as I'm taking it. Listen, my health I journey... Because I ate four large donuts two days ago, so I'm <laughs> treating it quite seriously. Listen, we just recently went to the beach with my entire family, and you can bet that there was Rice Krispie Treats. There oh, were yeah. lemon brownies. There were cupcakes. Your in sister some got sort us popsicles. Box. The cupcakes were just like loose in a box, tumbling about, frosting everywhere. Yeah. There were popsicles. There were sandwiches and uh, all kinds of chips. We realized that my parents and your sister had never met each other. And we've known each other for five years. And then, right and after... it was the weirdest thing. Right after we acknowledged this, my sister like... I feel like I feel like my sister offered something to your mom and was like, "Hey Lisa, do you want a popsicle?" Yeah. And even though they had never met, it just like it was as if they had because they know of each other. I guess. Well, it's like we've all known about each other. Yeah, it was hard clocking the introductions because everyone came in at different phases when different people were sleeping and suntanning at different times. Yeah, it wasn't your job to do that. Yeah, I was eating popsicles. I get to a point where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking introduce anybody to anybody. (laughs) Everybody knows who everybody is. I don't want to be like, hey, and this is blah. Like, because that to me, it stresses me out. My social anxiety can't handle that. I just love that the second we were like, we determined that they had never met. My sister We'd talked said, to your mom as if they were, had known each well, other. Well, and then like we didn't say anything. No. And then they just Your mom just responded and it was They fine. both, as people with better social skills than we, like... <laughs> they just skipped past They it. just they like said, through. well, Colton and Gabe are weird, so let's just... That beach but was all of full this of to seaweed. Say, <laughs> yeah, it's the ocean. It's not, it's not like a pristine Hawaiian beach. It's like a San Diego ocean beach i've been to literally go beach before and it was not like that i was swimming in a salad (laughs) it wasn't that bad a wet salad see part of the fun is rocketing the little bulbs in the end of the seaweed at each other while you swim that's like a poor person (laughs) yeah i grew up poor That's like that's correct. We play with the dead cat in the backyard, and it's wonderful okay, fun. Okay, that's sociopathic. That's a different sociopathic. Well, they didn't kill the cat. Bracket. They're just playing with the dead cat because they don't have stuffed animals. Who is this? They and we my need friend to get from work. Help. Stop talking about her. Oh my god, she needs to talk to someone about that. She has. To, she is okay. <laughs> she already. Is. That's all to say. I announced publicly on this podcast I was starting a health journey, and cut to me at the beach, surrounded by incredibly fit people eating multiple kinds of dessert in the sand that's where i am right now i'm also about to go on a road trip to visit my grandparents where the itinerary includes nothing but like sitting and eating mexican food (laughs) 
So that's going to be my vacation. You are a dad on vacation. and It's just going to be like literally the whole plan is just like sit, drink iced tea, mm. chat. That's Edit the whole this plan. Podcast. Oh, the one thing that came up is that my tata wants to take us to Mexico, which is actually one of my dreams. Or like something I've always wanted to do is to go to Mexico with my grandfather, who's actually Mexican and like can speak fluently and it would be wonderful. Except I didn't bring my passport. And his response is basically like, ah, oh, you can just take your driver's license. And my response is, not when Trump is in office, you can't. If you cross the border and then try to get back in with your driver's license, I think that they would just never let me back in the country. They would just laugh at you. Which is very upsetting because and I, I just really can't imagine you digging a hole or climbing over something to get back oh, in the no. country. It would have to be some sort of psychological game. Even to if get you back. are legitimately an American, which. I don't know. Jury's out. <laughs> you trying to get back into America is going to be a hit, and I'll be there for you. So maybe we should just do it as long as my sister like has a camera so she can document the experience, and then Short it, film, it yes. becomes like some sort of film that helps us overthrow Trump's racist ideology. So I think I have to do it for the betterment of our country is what we've decided. Can't go to Mexico. Also, the pendulce is so good. I also just have keys to your apartment still. So you can just go to Mexico as long as you want and everything will be fine. Like there are Mexican supermarkets near where I live that have like pendulce and like my favorite like coconut cookie ball things. But you know how much I hate when everything is being said like completely normal and then you say a word like you say ingredients like that. And then you just add some flair on the ingredient and then speak without any accent with the rest of the sentence. And it bothers me so much. See, it's like Jada de Laurentiis. Mozzarella. Here's the thing. I also, I understand because when Erron Sanchez says tortillas aggressively when he's talking on MasterChef, I feel those same feelings. But at the same time, when I'm talking about my family, I know that if I said pan dulce, while talking about my grandfather, I like I think I would be cursed. I think like the Mexican relatives from the dead would curse me in some way. Does that make any sense? I mean, I've been wishing for this for a long time. Like I can say guacamole, like that's fine. Guacamole. But if I'm talking about like I said it with an Italian <laughs> a guacamole. It's a new type of guacamole that has like mozzarella. Mozzarella. <laughs> and caprese. It's got the buzz of a manca vinegar. I don't know what that accent is. But see, is. and then I also had this thought where I was like, I wonder, ooh, I oh. wonder if I could, okay, let me see if I can even say a single sentence. Uh, quiero hablar con, ti, con mi abuelo uh, cuando en... Despacito. My brain is already hurting. Oh. Quiero, quiero hablar, pero no puedo hablar porque mi abuelo no... No! So I'm going to get into my couple. This one time, my friend Jenna was preparing for an audition, and it was an audition in Spanish, because she speaks Spanish. And I was like, oh, I can help you with that. I used to speak Spanish. And having the paper in front of me, just trying to read with her, oh, gosh. it was pain. And she was yeah. so sweet and patient with me, but it was not at all helpful for her. Yeah. And I felt so bad, because just like trying to speak normally... With the words in front of me, I hope it I don't sound like so bad. a stupid white racist person who's being like, "Oh, you can't have an accent on words." Like, because I don't care what people do; it just bothers me. There's a ton of shit everybody does that bothers do. me, like putting mayonnaise on everything. I don't like it. I'm not <laughs> no, cool with that. It's a it's like a specific thing when someone is talking. It's about... more like 
Jada. Like, she's talking like this, and we're going to eat the mozzarella. Like, it's aggressive, stop. and I understand like, it bothers me okay, as well. Okay, you're not proving a point. You're not, like, honoring your ancestors. Well, that that people might. With mozzarella. <laughs> I, everyone knows the way to the language is, but is the say. word mozzarella said with fourteen extra syllables is not. Have we ever gotten an episode where Giada actually goes to Italy and like speaks actual? She's never Italian? been to fucking Italy. Oh, she's from now, Nebraska. Now maybe that's a little white racisty of you. I mean, I need some water. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna do it. Seeing that she is also white, I, I don't know what that is. If if I'm just being observant, <laughs> that I have a problem. But with like, it. can you be racist toward an Italian woman? Towards her, she jury's out. <laughs> Whether or not she's her last name is De Laurentiis. It's her Wait, married name. Is De Laurentiis Italian? I don't know, but it's her married name. Her last name could be Smith. No, I thought that was her actual name. Jada Smith. Because doesn't she have a famous dad whose last name is De Laurentiis, so she kept the last name? Girl, I don't know. I'm getting into my people. <sighs> Did you look at my paper? Yeah, you are doing... Oh, I was going to try to come up with some fake. Did you people. see it? No, I didn't see it. I always it. have a picture of the couple at the top so I can see them. Okay, are we legitimately getting into it? I it's mean, not just you blowing me off. I'm also like concerned over how racist I sound talking about accents. And that entire thing probably can't be in because I'm self-conscious about you it. You can criticize Giada De Laurentiis. No one's going to come after you. Okay, so we're, I'm going to let you start your breakup story. But first, I just want everyone to know that the jump rope is neon yellow green. Oh my god. Okay, it was at Target. It was eight ninety nine. I'm actually proud of you. I just, that whipping sound that it makes when people jump rope at the gym, it's like... Oh, I it's do a it culture. in my room. I, I didn't do it realize. Oh, I in like secret. that. secret. Okay, you know what? That equalizes everything I've said. I did not I secret. take everything back. All right. Okay, who, what's happening? So, I'm annoyed because I found the best article about these two people... But you couldn't copy and paste it because it was on this, like, website where you couldn't copy or paste anything. Which is confounding because... And I wasn't going to, like, write it. Like, I wasn't going to, (laughs) like, notate it and, like, write, like, copy it that way. So you just, like, abandoned the website. So that was... I had this one done a couple weeks ago and I decided to do, like, a different one because I thought I had more information on it. So, like, trying to find more information on this one... Uh, when I was researching it most recently this morning, I was like, oh, this article is great. It has so much more information than what I had already. And I couldn't, I couldn't copy and paste. So after this, I need you to show me what that website is because as someone who copies and pastes for like most of my job, <laughs> well, and I for, need for to this, know that's what I do. What was stopping I just so find weird. these people who write these things because that's their job. They're getting paid to do this, not me. And I just use their work and write it. All that to say, if it's a little messy, <laughs> it's because of the copying and pasting. I couldn't parameters. copy and paste the right, like the I good understand. article. No, I, I understand. Right. So I'm also like pretty sure he and I are doing the same couple on this one. I I think I and if I'm we did, if we did, there's no backup. No, what are we, we don't. Gonna do? You're right. This is the first time that we're like breaking our role and we rule and we don't have a backup but i actually feel very certain we don't have the same people okay 
on that note, okay. today I'm going to be doing Chris Evans and Jenny Slate. First of all, that's not who I'm doing. Thank God. Second of all, wonderful. I found their little rendezvous as a couple. Rendezvous. Rendezvous. Fascinating and hilarious, and I am ready to learn all about it. I am too. (laughs) Um, Because this is going to be a doozy. Um, I'm sorry for everyone involved. Um, Okay. If you don't know, then now you know. Captain America, Chris Evans, Mm -hmm. Jenny Slate, not Captain America. No, she's not known as Captress America. An indie, wonderful actress. She's very comedy. Um, she was on all sorts of things. That we movie, don't have Obvious to Child, is so good. And we don't have to like get into that. That's fine. But let's get into this. Wonderful. I'm, I'm ready to get relationship. in. I'm very happy that you didn't have this because yeah, I, I wanted to do it. Okay, good. <laughs> and I like them so much and I learned lots of cute things. Anyways, we're going to have lots of dates. Ooh. Because that's what I found. Let's do a timeline. So I apologize for like the stopping of the flow to say a date and then like say the Don't thing again. Don't apologize. Just tell your I'm story. I'm just, I'm living my full truth. Mm-hmm. My back is also so sunburned and I'm leaning up against this chair Ooh, that's and, true. and I'm uncomfortable, but I'll do it for them. I'll do it for our While I was eating listeners. the sand treats, Colton was suntanning and it has hurt his skin. I it's the funniest thing you have to wear sunscreen when you're just laying in the sun for two hours it's ridiculous fun fact anyways okay so i thought it was apparently (laughs) necessary to say everyone who chris evans has publicly dated (gasps) at the beginning of this you're gonna list all his previous ladies so this is from heyalma.com by emily burick pop sugar uh, by Quinn Keeney and a Bustle article by Megan Demaria. So Chris Evans has dated Kate Bosworth, okay. Jessica Biel, Great. Giselle Bundchen, mm-hmm. Emmy Rosen, Christina Ricci, oh. Vida Guerra, no idea. Kristen Cavallari, <gasps> Amy Smart, Diana uh-huh. Agron, Ashley Green, <laughs> Lily Collins, Minka Kellen, and Sandra Bullock. Did not date Sandra Bullock. Apparently, he did. Apparently, because I wrote it Is down. Is he only legally allowed to date famous women? Yes. Um, <laughs> or we do assume these are the only people we know about because they're famous, and he's also dated a lot of other civilians. Famous. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Anyways, meet cute on set. Meet cute. Right. October of 2015, they met for the first time at their chemistry read for Gifted. I didn't see it. Neither did I. And according to IMDb, the movie filmed on October 7th, 2015 to November 20th. Their first meeting, therefore, was in October. It's a mess. I just have to tell you. Like, I found such a good article and I couldn't copy and paste it. They met in October is what we've October 2015. Filming gifted. Every weekend, Chris organized game nights for the cast and crew in Savannah, Georgia. As Jenny would tell Vulture nearly two years later... What's the same about us is not what we're... Is, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're overthinking it. You're good. I know. What's the same about us is not just that we're from Massachusetts, Massachusetts, which was such a delight, but Chris is truly one of the kindest people I've ever met, to the point where sometimes I look at him and I, it would kind of break my heart. He's really vulnerable and he's really straightforward, like primary colors. He has beautiful, big, strong emotions, and he's really sure of them. It's just wonderful to be around. 
His heart is probably golden colored if it, if it could paint. However, they didn't <laughs> fall for each other on set because Ginny was still married. Oh. Everybody forgot about that. It's funny because her description of him is like almost a description of Captain America. That's, yeah, without, the only part that wasn't in there is that's America's ass. <laughs> April 2016, we're fast forwarding. There are very flirty, oh, well, so they're on Unqualified, if you don't know, Anna Ferris's podcast. Oh, wait, I think I listened to that yeah. episode. I think we listened to that together for some reason. This sort of Just because though, I yes. think I was really interested that they were together, it yes, seemed cute to me. Yes. So they're flirty on in April. They appeared for a joint interview, and you can hear them uh, on episode 17 of that, by the way. Chris said about Jenny, oddly enough, I've known Jenny for a few months, which is insane because it feels like we're the same animal. So, uh, mid-2016, they begin dating. Maybe around March is the speculation. We have no idea. Jenny Slate officially split from Dean Fleshsisher Camp in May 2016. So they were officially donezo. And everybody thinks that they just started like dating right after that. Mm -hmm. Anyways. May 11th, 2016. Jenny Slate is dating Chris Evans after split from husband is like on the tabloids. US Weekly. Like that's the thing. Yeah, I kind of remember it being a bit. There's like zero details in this. (laughs) Beside what they went on a double date with Evans' brother, Scott Evans, at a Hollywood eatery in March. That was like the story. Are you interested in this? Yeah. Oh my god, okay. Are you yeah. just tired like me? No, it's just Colton and I are like literally not facing each other completely because really of the way funny. the mics need That's to be true. set up. Yeah. So sometimes I'm not looking at him just because of where we are. True, true, true. <laughs> June 25th, 2016, they go public. Jenny brings Chris as her date to the premiere of Secret Life of Pets. Jenny told Entertainment <laughs> Tonight, it's kind of like I got my dream seventh grade boyfriend. We didn't know each other growing up. We grew up about a half hour away from each other, and we've been friends for a while. Chris oh, tweeted cute. Jenny was a personal favorite. So the fall of 2016, they lie low. Literally no news online. Why what? did they include this? Wait, what? There's no news about them. They, like, go into hiding. Oh, they're just living their yes. lives. All right. So then in February of 2017, these are the first, like, headlines that they apparently are breaking up or they broke oh i see u.s weekly reports chris evans and any slate split after less than a year of dating i don't mind talking about him at all he's a lovely person she says i don't know it feels like such a huge thing last year was a giant big year for my heart I've never ever thought to keep anything private because that's not really what I'm like. Mm -hmm. And now I'm learning those things and they're weird, like a demented lesson to learn. We're not on bad terms, but we haven't really seen each other spoken a lot. She says, I think it's probably best. I'd love to be his friend one day, but we threw down pretty hard. No regrets though, ever. So that's like when they confirmed that they did break up after a year of dating. Uh, So in March, 2017, they reunited at the gifted photo call. The movie. Oh, right. The movie. So then in April, Chris says, Jenny will be in my life always. The full quote is in USA Today. You know, relationships are tricky. There are a lot of moving pieces, but I am endlessly grateful for having met her. She will be in my life always. We were both rooting for this. She's an incredible human being, a very, very special person. We're all lucky she's so driven. She's going to make something amazing. Oh, she's going to make some amazing art in her life. So in... 
like the next day they're reunited at the gifted premiere that's when the movie came out okay and then a couple days or sorry a couple months later in an interview with vanity fair jenny talks about how frustrating it was that her love life is constantly covered by media sorry like i'm doing right now uh she explained (laughs) for me it connects to a very deep-seated belief with a patriarchal system if you're a woman the system actually owns your private life Mm. the system has an opinion of your decisions the system has a verdict of how you of who you have sex with and uh wait how you have sex and who you have sex with and anything in between for me i'm not open to that i get really pissed about it because it's only my business i'm so sorry jenny (laughs) well no that's interesting too because she also like she was always in she's a comic so she was like always an open book she always talked about her private life in a way that she felt comfortable and then suddenly she's much more famous she's dating one of the most famous movie stars out there and now it's like you whoops this is all over everywhere now people have opinions about my private life yeah of being like well we never pictured him with like a girl like her because i think they got that that a lot i remember reading that a lot and she's pretty what is everyone talking about well yeah so i'm like what she's not like some wretched hag or something like what the fuck um i wonder if part of it was that like she's known as this kind of like well she's no sandra bullock apparently she doesn't have an oscar but she's known as this like um quirky stoner chick who's like in the comedy circles and he's this like strapping captain america yeah yeah but still like i feel like he is quite quite his character like in real life is what it sounds like he's just like a pure human being yeah he's very sweet and genuine and like sticks up for women and shit like that like you know shit like that that we don't need like apparently um so then october of my birthday of 2017 Uh rumors of a reconciliation Gossip site Laney Gossip reported over the weekend, a couple different readers emailed in Jenny Slate and Chris Evans together in Atlanta. They're both in town working on on their superhero movies, Venom and Avengers 4, respectively. So it could be an old flame rekindled or post-dating friendship blossoming or closure, who knows. This flirty as hell exchange occurs on Twitter, fueling rumors the two were back together, which apparently a picture was supposed was attached to this, and I don't have that picture. Oh, so like a, a picture circulated Twitter of them together in Atlanta. Thanks. Um, November 7th. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Though? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, uh, uh, Chris posts a video of his dog singing. You can hear Jenny's very distinctive laugh in the background. The internet freaks out. It's like a month later. And then Jenny tweets about her boyfriend. She tweets, many assume it's Chris. Hmm. This is what she says. My boyfriend does many dreamy and generous things, but number one in my mind right now is how he celebrates my new turtlenecks. <laughs> Let's me show him, so uh, show him my online shopping spoils and cheers me on. So then shortly after that, a couple weeks, it's confirmed that they are back together. Oh, they really did get yeah. back together. People confirms that they are back together. On Christmas 2017, Jenny spends Christmas with Chris's family. His brother, Chris Scott Evans, posts Christmas time with my favorite Jew, which I'm quoting. <laughs> that I'm not saying that. I didn't say Colt it. just made direct eye contact with me to say this wasn't me that I said that. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say Jew. I already offended people with accents today. <laughs> I can't offend anybody else. I mean, she else. is Jewish. It's fine. All right. So we're in January 2018. Engagement rumors. <gasps> Rumors of a summer wedding. Everyone is excited. 
Why did I just say it like that? A source tells OK Magazine, it's been heaven living together in New York, and now they're making plans to get married next summer or spring at the earliest. Okay. March 22nd, 2018, a profile of Chris Evans in the New York Times about his Broadway debut contains the line, One book he found eye-opening was Rebecca Solnit's A Mother of All Questions. Mr. Evans read it while dating the actress Jenny Slate, their on-again, off-again relationship, beloved by the internet, and decided that they needed to listen more and speak less. The hardest thing to reconcile is that just because you have good intentions doesn't mean it's your time to have a voice, he said. That's so cryptic. Thus confirming they ended their relationship. Oh. Did they stay friends? Okay, wait. Let me recap really quick from my brain part. So they... There's more. They met on Gifted. They came together. She but this was kind it. of in the middle of her divorce. Then they were together after her divorce. They split up. It's very public. Then rumors. Now they're back together. And now they're apart again. Are they friends? Um, I think I'm going to guess yes, they're friends. Yes. They are still friends. Okay. I don't think they see each other because most actors don't see each other ever because they're all so busy. Very true. So, but I think that they're, what they said before, which is like, there's nothing but love still there. They have a ton in common, but they also like are pretty opposite. And so they have like a good, cute, pure friendship relationship where it like, I don't think egos are involved and anything like that. And they get to just be real with each other. And I think getting to be in a relationship with somebody like that, you have a connection with that is great. But then also like, we kind of talked about this two episodes of like the family that you have and like people and the relationships mm-hmm. you keep even after the relationship. So yeah, I think they're really, they, they're close. Maybe not in proximity as much, but I think after all of that. Like when all is said is done. Yeah. What? When all is said and done, that they're still on good terms, at least. Yes. Because, I mean, I would hope so, because in the, from when they broke up the first time, she was talking about how she wished that they, or hoped that they would still be friends, so then if they, like, were together again, went through more stuff, then hopefully. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that might have been, like, a trial period of, like, oh, okay, no, we, I think we're better off friends. Right. You know, because to come back together and then it be like, oh, they're going to get engaged, I don't know it could be like the it was the last attempt at seeing if that could actually work and then when it didn't they were like oh okay let's just like take what we have and yeah. be content with that which is great i remember being really excited when i found out that jenny slate was going to be in the venom movie but then since watching the trailer where she kept saying symbiote over and over and she said symbiote symbiote I just, like, want that to be my ringtone, Jenny Slate saying, symbiote. They forced her to say that. <laughs> yeah. Probably at gunpoint. <laughs> they were like, say it. Say, say it wrong. Symbiote. 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 And so, from that point on, I mean, she got her paycheck. Oh, yeah. She can mispronounce common words as much as she wants. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for... I remember very much that being, like, a hot ticket story or whatever when they were together but i had no idea that they like got back together and yeah. tried it again i had no idea i didn't either until <laughs> i was reading this today <laughs> see yeah i definitely we did not do the same couple so we are in the clear so i'm actually excited about the one i'm doing because i these are two of my favorite um 
I guess you could call them like Hollywood couple or whatever. Favorite like filmmaking artistic couple that I always forget uh, were a couple. Yeah. And I think you're cringing, but I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Because I'm doing the relationship slash breakup of Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, yay! That makes me happy. Um, I thought you were going to do Lena Dunham. No, because I knew that you would be a bummer about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing wrong with her. Um, but the only bummer part about this story is that I didn't actually know that they had split up. So in my mind, they were still together, so they weren't an option for me to do. And then I got excited that I could do them, but then I was like, oh, they're not together. Because yeah. I like them, liked them together. But that's me editorializing. Anyway, so in order to tell this story, I have sources from Vanity Fair, People Magazine, Marie Claire, you know, all the heavy hitters of journalism. And then also <laughs> Interview Magazine and Biography.com. So first, I want to start out by like just sharing a little bit about Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter. A lot, most people know who they are, obviously. Tim Burton's like one of the most famous film directors of all time, currently working. Do you want to try and name like as many Tim Burton films as you can as you're sitting here totally fresh-minded in the middle of the night? Okay. Beetlejuice. Great. Frankenweenie. Great. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Great. Um... I heard you said Beetlejuice. You did? <laughs> uh, any movie with What's-Her-Face in it. His, Helena Bonham Carter? No, the other lady that he keeps using in all Winona his Winona Ryder? Oh, Dumbo. He did Dumbo. Dumbo. He did Dumbo. Uh, I'm making scissor hand fingers. Edward Scissorhand. <laughs> that's like the obvious one. That's I'm just saying thing. any movie. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of more obscure ones. Uh, that's it. I don't okay. know. <laughs> You got, I think you got like four or five. So he started off by doing a ton of short films. Um, Sorry. And then, which I didn't write those names down. And then Pee-wee's Big Adventure was his first big movie that he did. Then Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes, Big Fish. He did Fish. do Mars Attacks. He did. He? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Dumbo, and Beetlejuice 2 currently in production. That's the one I couldn't think of as the... For children, Miss Peregrine's, yeah. yeah. Uh, fun facts: He was nominated for two Oscars, but both for animated movies for *Corpse Bride* and *Frank and Weenie*. And that's actually how he started. He majored in animation at the California Institute of the Arts and worked as a Disney animator for a while, which I actually didn't know that he started off doing that's that. Cool. But he only did it for about a year, and then like he didn't did, want to work for Disney. Did he and do the Nightmare Before Christmas? No. He pr- he wrote mm, it. And I don't think he wrote it either. He produced it, and the artwork was based... The story was based on his original artwork, his original drawings, but he didn't direct it. Oh, okay. People think that he did. But the title of the film is Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because it's all his original character design. Cute. Um, But Frank and Weenie, the short film... So he did, like, some years back, he did a feature-length film of Frank and Weenie, but... That started out as a short film, and that's what got his career going. So he was at Disney. He only did it for about a year, and then he left and did his own stuff. Frankenweenie was one of those short films, and then the producer for Pee-wee's Big Adventure saw that short film and hired him to direct that movie based on the short film. And then Pee-wee's Big Adventure is what led to all his other movies. How funny. So that's kind of how he started out. What a strange thing to ode your success to Pee-wee Herman. Yeah, P- 
Pee-wee Herman. Creepiest human being on the planet. <laughs> um, he also, in, like, the... Do you, are we supposed to say aughts? Early aughts? I hate it. 2009, 2010-ish, he, a lot of his artwork was also exhibited. He did... Um, you just heard me, like, butcher every word in the English <laughs> language for 30 minutes. No, I mean, like, I hate the, the term aughts. I don't know. But I think that might be I don't be even what know what you're saying say. right now. Um, but basically, in 2009, 2010, he had these big shows at the MoMA in New York that was oh, just, like, all his early artwork. Museum of Modern Art. Museum of Modern Art. See, I I'm really, not stupid. No one's calling you stupid. They're calling me racist. <laughs> um, I really, when he, so he did these shows in New York and I remember them being advertised all over the place and really wanting to go, but I, you know, was in college and the idea of going to New York as a poor college student was impossible. Yeah. Um, but they showed a lot of his artwork online again at that time. And that was really cool, to, cool. to watch. So that's good old Tim Burton, a little quick recap. Now we have... Helena Bonham Carter, who um, I was going to ask if you want to try and name some of her movies. But so all the ones that you just said about Tim Burton's movies, <laughs> she's in those. She's in Sweeney she's Todd. In. She's in uh, Harry Potter. She's mm-hmm. in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Yes. Who? No. She had a peg leg in one of these movies. Sweeney Todd. No, she had a peg leg. Hell. No, she didn't have a peg leg in Sweeney Todd. No, in what movie did she own a brothel and she had a peg leg? What movie was this? Was that... Les Mis? No. Was... She was in Les Mis. Yeah. But was that the... She uh, went to the pies in Les Mis. The movie where Johnny Depp was the Native American and it was like... Oh, the... I didn't see it, but she definitely was in that movie. It's on my list and <gasps> it is called... Where is it? No... Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Did she have a peg leg? She Lone had a peg Ranger? leg that was a gun. Oh dear. That's all I remember. I was not aware movie. of that. Army Hammer wasn't great. I mean, I feel like a lot of things. Some maybe bad decisions. Great that. Uh, other than that, she was in The King's Speech too, yep. which was wonderful. Yep, and yep. That's all I know. Um. So going back even further, she started out doing the classics, which I find super fascinating so here are a bunch of helena bottom carter's movies that she did as an actor we have hamlet howard's end mighty aphrodite twelfth night the wings of the dove fight club planet of the apes big fish charlie and the chocolate factory corpse bride sweeney todd all those tim burton movies terminator salvation Ooh. alice in wonderland the king's speech yes. the harry potter films dark shadows great expectations les mis the lone ranger we just talked about suffragette cinderella the second alice in wonderland movie oceans eight and i didn't realize she is now in the new season of the crown on netflix because oh. it's like the new generation of people um, cool. She also has been nominated for two Oscars, one uh, in a leading role for The Wings of the Dove back in 1998, and one for The King's Speech in 2000, 2011 for Best uh, Actress in a Supporting Role. Cute. Some fun facts about her, I had no idea. Her great-grandfather was the Prime Minister, and his name was Herbert Asquith, so she came huh. from a bit of an upper-class family. Cute. Um, her mother, when she was five, suffered a psychological breakdown. Same girl. And it took her three years to recover. 
But her mom then went on to become a psychotherapist like a boss. Oh, unlike what I'm doing. Uh, her dad was a banker. He suffered a stroke when she was 13. Oh, I thought it was going to be a happy ending no, like the mom. No, she had... Well, and he then became disabled. Um, oh, but gosh. He did not become a psychotherapist. He did not become a psychotherapist. But the, this is kind of what started her acting career because she... Because of the stroke? A little bit. So her... She had like kind of a rougher upbringing where her parents weren't really able to give her a traditional upbringing and so she felt the responsibility to make money and kind of like provide for the family Mm. so when she was young she got herself an agent she just like phoned agencies got herself an agent and then started to act because she was really shy but she like wanted to kind of escape from everything and acting was like playing make-believe escaping while also making some money um, so she kind of attributes starting acting with like this, trying to get out of a situ- the situation she was in when she was a kid. Best out of a bad situation. And so she started out doing TV commercials and then within three years she was in some pretty big movies doing these really classic stories with like Judy Dench and Maggie Smith and these huge people. And she said that she basically felt like a fraud because she didn't have any training or any background in acting. And she said, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I thought, fuck, I can't do this. I felt like I was totally bluffing it. Now I'm much easier with it because I'm fundamentally happy. And then she also says that at the time she felt like she was married to her parents and like not really living an independent life. And it was just kind of like a complicated time for her. One of the like random things that I know about her is she cannot watch herself act. Mm -hmm. She can't watch the movies, anything. And that, which I understand. But if she like is still great and she doesn't need to watch it back, then like, who are we to say? Yeah, she just that's not part of her her process. Uh, But basically, she started out doing these very like more traditional classic movies. And then in the 90s, she starred in Fight Club, and that changed everyone's perception of her because she played this really grungy, edgy character. It's this American film. Something that I had no... I didn't know this about Fight Club at all, but when it premiered at the Venice Venice Film Festival, which her mom went with her, so like this was kind of awkward, I'm sure, um, and David Fincher and everyone was there, it got booed like like violent boos from the audience when it premiered at Venice. Yeah, it's a lot. I had, but it's still like an incredible film. But it's but it went on to become this huge cult classic, and yeah. it's really well revered and stuff. But at the time when it pre- premiered, it was not well received at all. Yeah, I had no idea. And her mother was the one who was like, "Don't worry, it's gonna actually be a big movie. It's really good." And so she now, since then, has like relied on her mother's taste when it comes to lots of things because it was like kind of a crushing moment at the time when it happened. Well, yeah, that's the last thing you want to hear. And then another fun fact, which I just find to be incredibly endearing, but she was filming The King's Speech at the same time she was filming the Harry Potter films. And so uh, she said that her son would ask her each morning, do you have to be the witch or the queen today? And she, like, viewed that as a metaphor for her life, basically. That, like, each morning she's either playing the queen or she's playing the witch. Which, that's what it was. She either did these, like, very, you know, revered, kind of more classic stories or she did these kind of offbeat witchy dark stories yeah like and her as bellatrix lestrange is the greatest casting that's ever happened in any movie um so that's a little bit about helena she met tim burton on the set of planet of the apes um the movie that he was directing Wahlberg, right that one i yeah that was mark Wahlberg, wasn't it such a weird movie it was a bit of a bizarre movie um 
She had previously been married to Kenneth Branagh, which I had forgotten. Mm -hmm. They divorced a couple years before Planet of the Apes. And then Burton was allegedly still in a relationship with a woman named Lisa Marie, who was an actor and also had a small part in Planet of the Apes, apparently. No, not Lisa Marie, but I think Marie was her last name. (laughs) Lisa Marie Mooney? (laughs) Oh my God. Queen's mother. (laughs) Um, But basically, so Tim ended his relationship with her allegedly to start dating Helena. And uh, that's what I'm just trying to get a guy to do for me. Lisa did not take it well. <laughs> it did not go smoothly. And basically, she like sued him for palimony, which I'm assuming is similar to alimony. But you're just no longer but pals. You're, <laughs> like, oh. you're not a pal, so you want the monies. Yeah. Uh, but basically, they ended up settling out of court. But then after all this, she started selling his belongings. Like, his old merchandise and things from films to like make more money. And it was this really like gross situation where she was all mad at him. So she was like selling his stuff to try and get rich off of his. Just imagine like a garage sale of his things. Yeah. So some of the interesting rumors about um, Helena and Tim as they've been together that are actually pretty charming. The biggest one is that they never lived together the whole time they were together. Um, instead they lived in adjoining side-by-side houses in London. So the rumor goes that Helena already owned a house. Then when they got together, he bought the house next door and that they like adjoined them so that they, they could be connected. Um, and she said, and this is like a quote from Helena saying, we just have two houses knocked together because mine was too small. We see as much of each other as any couple, but our relationship is enhanced by knowing we have our personal space to retreat to. Ooh, that sounds um, lovely. Uh, and that basically like they have their own space, but it's side by side and they still are together all the time. And she said that her house looks like something out of Beatrix Potter. And if you go to his house, he's got slime balls and Oompa Loompas laying around and skeletons and aliens everywhere. So it's like they're different personalities in their own homes. But then years later in Vanity Fair, she said that that was misinterpreted and that them not living together was a load of myth. So basically, like, they had their own space, but, like, they cohabitated. They lived together. It's not, like, house A, house B. Um, But that, so that was, like, this rumor that they never lived in the same place, apparently. What wasn't a rumor is that they did have two kids together. They were together for 13 years altogether. They had two kids, um, one named Billy Raymond, who was named after a combination of their fathers. And then another um, that apparently they went months without naming their daughter because they couldn't agree on a name. And then they finally landed on Nell, which is like a, a bit of a nickname for Helen, because there were multiple Helens in their family. So they finally landed on Nell. So they had two kids together. Oh, cute. And they, of course, became known as this very like kooky, eccentric couple because... It's Tim Burton. It's Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. She's always in black and kind of looking like she's come out of the forest. And he's, <laughs> you know, always making these weird movies. And yeah. his hair is all crazy. And on red carpets, they kind of they look both, like they just rolled out of bed. Yeah, they like, both look like they are not sure why they are there. Like, <laughs> yeah, they look How surprised. did we get here? Like, And she herself called them the bonkers couple. Like, she kind of self-titled themselves as cute. the bonkers couple. And it kind of stuck. So people started calling them the bonkers couple. And so the movies that they did make together, and I actually think they worked a little bit more than this, but they worked together on Big Fish, Planet of the Apes, where they met, Charlie on the Chocolate Factory, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, and Dark Shadows. And I believe when they split in 2014, 
they were either in production or like one of those movies was about to come out. I think it was the Alice in Wonderland movie. Yeah. Um, and so they announced their split in December 2014, right as that movie was kind of coming out. And they basically released a statement saying that they were going to focus on their kids and co-parent together. Um, but then after the split, a little while later, Helena mentioned and um, admitted that she went through a period of depression and felt really like fragile and confused afterward. And she had this quote saying, everyone always says you have to be strong and have a stiff upper lip, but it's okay to be fragile. With divorce, you go through massive grief. It's the end of a relationship. So it's utterly bewildering. Your identity, everything changes. You've got to take very small steps. And sometimes you won't know where to go next because you've lost yourself. But then she also said, um, let's see. Uh, here it is. If a relationship isn't forever, that doesn't mean it's a failure. The important thing is that you have to allow the other person to grow. And if they're not going in the same direction, however heartbreaking, you have to do what's right for the growth. It's hard to do something forever because life is very short. So this brings us to our ultimate Mm. question. Did they stay friends? I mean, like, I think a lot of the couples that are parents together, I think that there's... Like a yes. And I think that they're both just so odd that they probably <laughs> still have all of those same things in common and they have their kids. And yeah, I think they're on great terms. And I mean, I don't know if either of them are dating or whatever that looks like. But, yeah. Because that was like five years ago. So, you know, lots can happen in five years. But it sounds like they're just focused on raising their kids and killing it in the entertainment industry still. And. Just yeah. having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you're totally right. The answer is yes, they stayed friends. And I have another quote from her. Okay, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it in an accent because we've <gasps> talked about accents. Yes. And because I'm, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready to accept you for it. I could write a thesis on what's happened. It's all absorbing when a relationship breaks down, but I think we're coming through it, and I think we'll have something very precious still. Our relationship was always something special, and I think it will always remain special. We did find each other. Ooh, I'm going very queenly with it. We did find each other, and really, the mark of a successful relationship shouldn't be whether you're there forever after. Sometimes you're not meant to be forever together. I'm suddenly becoming very, like, queenly about it. Started it started as Sir Sharon. It's coming a bit like, um, oh, and it's also a little bit Julia Child now. It's transformed into something entirely different. Yeah, it's... And I'm losing control. It I can't stop. It started Sir Sharon oh, and it ended with Oh, stop that. me, please. Okay, here we are. So, um, I will name that Confusion. Confu- a woman named Confusion. That's it. Um, the quote ends, Cute. I'll say in normal voice, um, that sometimes you have to come to terms with the fact that that was it. But that <laughs> was a gift, a yeah. massive gift. We gave each other children and a lot more else. And then the most, <laughs> this mic is literally sliding down as I talk. Um, the most recent information I can find is basically that as of 2016, they were still reportedly living in their adjoined houses. Which is hilarious. So that is the quick story of our friends Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Well, it's so hard to find real estate, you know? <laughs> Why would you sell your house? Like, you're just attached to your ex-wife's house, but, like, no biggie. How are you doing there with your mic? I don't even really know what it's trying to do. I just know it's not where it originally Why started. Why do you think we call him Mike? Is it short for Michael? It's short for microphone. Oh. 
<laughs> I'm so tired. It is 11.30 at night, and I don't have to drink coffee anymore, so I should have been in bed two hours ago. Are you going to bed like at 10 o'clock these days? What? Are you going to bed like around 9 or 10 these days? That's when the brain... <laughs> that's when? That's when the lizard brain turns that's off. When. Yeah, and it says, ooh, you should be laying down now, horizontal lizard brain. Yeah. Well, you know what when it is now? Time to sleep... I don't know. That's when it's time to thank you guys for listening and tell you to follow us on our social media on Instagram at Best X's Pod and Twitter at Best X's. If you have any questions or complaints about Colton and how he views different races, be sure to email us, us at bestxspod at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe so you can continuously be offended by whatever idiocies that I'm spewing out every week. And if you want any more information about the podcast or what's going on, just go to bestxspod.com. Dot curm. And um, also we're finding out that it's apparently important if people like give us reviews or whatever. So if you feel inclined yeah, to give us a review. We're learning like this whole influencer culture. I'm, I mean, I'm not an influencer. I don't want Thank to. Thank God. But I'm like, yeah, we're learning this and it's really funny to us. So we're like, oh, yeah, tell us what you think about this shrug like <laughs> um and we'll listen to it thanks everybody <laughs> but thanks everyone for listening this has been um a, a, a sleepy time sleepy edition sleepy time episode which is a nice follow-up to the shrieky episode episode seven when my microphone was off the rails well no because then last eight week we did a kardashian so oh, i yeah, feel like we see... needed something a lot less intense okay so this is our midway point what do you mean Okay, good night. Okay, yes, good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm going to sleep now. Thank you so much for joining us. I really must thank you for Julia your time. Julia Child is in my room. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you and a good night. I hate that so much. Not so bad. Not so bad.